You're listening to the Bi Urban Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield, Tej Rondeer Singh. How can we live our modern lives with balance? How do we find happiness in all the noise? Where can we find meaning and live an awesome life filled with purpose and adventure? What role does sexuality play in spirituality? How about nutrition? How about community? Enter the Bi Urban Yogi. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, and a network Sony recording artist. I invite you to join me in these free-flowing conversations, exploring what it means to live with balance, love, and peace in the 21st century. Descendant from a long lineage of conservationists, John Harrison demonstrates an unwavering love of nature and an appreciation of humanity and gentleness rare in the world of business. John's family safeguards the natural environment of a number of coastal properties, some purchased over 70 years ago, constructing log cabins and maintaining unspoiled sanctuaries for wildlife. A deep concern for the biosphere is evident in John's personal association with the David Suzuki Foundation, the World Wildlife Fund, the Sierra Legal Defense Fund, and Western Canada Wilderness. Ecotrend Ecologics is an important part of this commitment. Please welcome the CEO of Do Matcha, Matcha Green Tea, John Harrison. So your office is beautiful. I love all the, the relics of Japan around us. Well, thank um, you. Yeah. It goes back three generations, all really? this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. This desk is almost 100 years old. Holy moly. <laughs> And is it from Japan? It's from Japan. Wow. Yeah. Good health, good fortune, and I forget what the third symbol is. That's okay. Good health and good fortune <laughs> sound good. How does matcha connect to samurai culture? Like I heard something that samurais would often have matcha before they went onto the battlefield. Is that right? Well, in samurais and, and, you know, well, it was when it first came out because, you know, you had to grind it by hand. Mm. So it was a super, big yeah, big process, and um, and so only small quantities were available. So it was for mm. the elite and uh, samurai families. Really? Yeah, and the samurai families used it as a focal, focal point so that they, mm. before they did any of their practices or if they went into battle, this is something mm. that would keep them sharp but calm. Oh, interesting. And Because, uh, you know, that's one of the things about matcha. Uh, you know, you're awake mm -hmm. and alert but you have a calmness about you. I love that. Whereas coffee, you're, just you're like, awake uh, and alert, but you're high strung. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, sometimes when I have coffee, I feel like I'm in a war zone. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I have matcha, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a loving, you know, I'm on the battlefield of life, but in a loving way. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's one of the, 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 the features of, of matcha that people uh, in, in the West uh, have really been drawn to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and when we first started with matcha, our biggest consumer group were ex-coffee drinkers. Mm. People that were, they knew they were drinking too much coffee, yeah. but they needed an energy boost. They wanted to have that focus, but they didn't know where else to go. And then right. they saw, gee, there's something else here to try. Mm -hmm. And that was the group that, that really launched us. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you said Dome Matcha has been around for 30 years, or is that Andrews George, the company that you... Well, we, we brought it to, into North America in, uh, 13 years ago. 
Wow. And uh, and that at that point, uh, no one had even heard of it. Hmm. And um, you know, there was no Starbucks matcha. Right. There was no Hagen Dazs ice cream. Matcha you know, there was none of this. Right. None of it was and here. The new mochi balls uh, yeah. at yeah. Um, at Whole Foods. At every Whole Foods now, there are these green tea mochi balls. Yeah. Yeah, all this, all so of this stuff. It, there's just more and more new things. There's hard candies now, and virtually every cake and cookie you can think of has a matcha version. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's in baked 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 goods and and you name it. And and so I, you know, it's it, it's pretty amazing to to see what's happened in those 13 years. When when yes. I you know I really didn't know a lot about matcha when I first looked at it. Other than mm -hmm. that, and I started to do a little research and realized you know this might work mm -hmm. over here mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a huge success story. That's awesome. How did you first discover matcha? Well, you know what? I, I was talking to my business, Japanese business partners. We had been trying to figure out something that I could get from Japan that would allow me, uh, you know, being purely selfish here, to, to be able to go back mm -hmm. on a regular basis to, to visit. Because I grew up in Japan. Yes, in Tokyo. And, eh? In Tokyo. And so I, I really wanted some reason to have a, a business reason to go back. And, mm -hmm. and this idea came, came up. And so we researched it and, and uh, visited a couple of guys that, that we work with now, the, nice. our growers, and, and had a discussion with them. And, uh, and, you know, there's a long story associated with that as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they decided to come on board. And, awesome. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's why we're, we're here now. Mm -hmm. With all of this um, production of matcha, now, you, as you said, you can go to Starbucks and get matcha. Granted, there's a ton of sugar in it. Yeah. I asked for a sugar-free matcha when I was at Starbucks once. They're like, oh, sorry, we, the crystals come in the matcha. And I was like, oh, no. But uh, I was wondering why I felt so sort of lethargic after I find sugar really does a number on yeah. my blood sugar. Yeah. Um, Dome matcha has really good practices around ethicality and mm -hmm. sustainability. Do you think that this sort of widespread popularity of matcha now might affect the industry in a negative way? Or have you seen anything... It already has. Yeah. It's unfortunate, and you know, I because of the, it's become a commodity item, and you know, because basically all of Japan's production is tied up now. Really? It's it's all you know. You you go to Japan and try to get, uh, and I've had some friends that have actually gone, and these are brands that I I know in in the U.S. that have gone back to uh, Japan and tried to get good quality matcha, mm -hmm. and they don't have any. Really? There's none left, and. Um, and so what's happened is China has come on board um, with processing. Mm -hmm. um, that's a relatively recent thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And Taiwan as well, Korea. Uh, these are all, and India. And India, these are wow. all places that are creating matcha. They didn't create matcha before, and, um, but uh, they use a different technique because the only country in the world that still grinds matcha is Japan. Mm. The other guys have a blending system, so it looks like a big, blow dryer. Oh. You throw in, you know, 500 pounds of leaves, hit a button, and you've got matcha within seconds. Uh, a very different process. What does that do to the quality? Well, it, it's interesting because when you use the machine, all of the particle sizes are seven microns. So mm. they're all identical. And so your flavor profile and your nutritional uh, profile are different. They're not as good. With grinding, it's from two to five microns, so you have a, mm. a mix of particle sizes, so you get a, a broader, richer flavor, mm. 
and also your your nutrients are more available. Right. And so you know those two things. It doesn't mean that that the machine-made matcha is. It's not bad. It's not a bad product, but it's mm. it, it's not as good. It's not for as good. sure. Yeah. Right. And, right. And the and the flavor profile isn't as good either. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is there anything else that's being done uh, to, to the environment? Like I I I like to get my matcha from this um, place and. The fellow that I get it from, he says that dough matcha really is the way to go, that these newer brands are cutting corners, and I don't want to name names, but what exact, besides the grinding process not happening, what else is happening that's so bad? Well, you know, I, I, in terms of, there are a couple of things. Matcha is actually is light and heat sensitive. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things that we... And I just realized you're supposed to store it in the fridge. Yeah, or in a, in a cool... Okay. Uh, a cabinet's okay too, cool. but you know, once you open it, it, it's it's a good idea to store it in, in the fridge, mm. and keep it in that in that foil container. packaging in the right. container. And that's one of the differences. A lot of our competitors don't have a foil bag inside, mm -hmm. and that's a food safe bag, and it's also vacuum sealed. So, mm -hmm. and we have a desiccant in there. So, mm -hmm. if you are traveling and you want to take your matcha, you know, it's that's going to help remove the moisture out of your your matcha. I see, and. Um, and you know that that affects the flavor, mm -hmm. um, and it affects the shelf life, and so you know we've taken all the precautions to make sure that you get a, a quality product, but that it also is has got a great shelf life to it. Right. And our competitors generally don't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, they might do a vacuum seal, but they put the matcha right into the tin, uh, uh, or they might have a bag and not vacuum seal. I and see. none of them put a desiccant in, which removes the moisture. So every time you open your tin, you're getting more moisture in your in your product, mm -hmm. unless you have a way to remove that again. Which can get some mold. And mold and lumpy. Oh, right. It gets very lumpy, and then it's harder to mix. Yeah. And so you're 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 going to have issues when you're trying to make your your matcha. So. I see. Yeah. Um, I used to be a coffee drinker, and I found it very dehydrating to the system. Whereas when I drink matcha. And maybe it's because of the chlorophyll content. Yeah. I feel very energized and very up, and I've gotten some of my best ideas after having a cup of matcha and doing some yoga. Right. And it's right. been a real game changer for me. Yeah. And I see now some of my students because I'm promoting do matcha on my Instagram, for example. And there, <laughs> one of my my uh, students came up to me well, yesterday. Thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my it's really my pleasure. I love to share what I love. And she was so cute. She pulls out a little tin of the um, organic ceremonial do matcha, and she's like how do I make it? <laughs> I was like, well, you have to get a whisk. And she's like, can I use just like an egg whisker? And I was like, no, you have to get like a bamboo whisk. So, so cute. So, so people are excited to try it and to learn more about it. And um, for example, she drinks green tea, like just right. in, a, in a tea bag. Um, so I'm sure she's going to love it. Um, well, you know, the, that, the, the interesting thing when you, when you look at that too is that you need one cup of matcha is the equivalent of 10 cups of tea bags. Like tea, 10 tea, tea bags. 10 tea bags. Wow. So when you actually look at it and you say, okay, well that, that tin costs $25, mm -hmm. whatever the price is. But you, you say, okay, well this is actually the equivalent of, you know, how many boxes of tea. Of tea right. uh, you look at that price comparable, and I did do, and I honestly I can't remember the numbers, but I actually did a comparable, and it's right in line. In fact, the tea bags, I think, were slightly more expensive hmm. than your tin of matcha. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting because people have, you know, they'd say, geez, it's a lot more expensive. But mm -hmm. then it's not. 
Well, yeah, and if you think people are spending so much money on, on going to coffee shops and stuff, yeah. it all kind of is comparable in the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between the organic ceremonial and mm -hmm. the summer harvest? Because I like both. Yeah. Is it true that the summer harvest has more caffeine? No. Well, when w the, the difference, there's a couple of things that are different. The catechin level, the L-theanin level, um, and the caffeine is... You know, these are, when you say there's a difference, there is a difference, and mm -hmm. I, I'll explain what those are, mm -hmm. but you know, we're not talking about like two times more L-theanine or oh, okay. you know, three times more caffeine. Not major, major No, 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 but okay. the, the ceremonial is a spring pick. Okay. And so in the, in the spring pick, you know, you have shorter days, um, so the, the, and the plants are undercover, and, and, uh, and so that, that is the time that the, the leaves are the sweetest. Mm. And so they pick the top leaves for a ceremonial, and so you get a very, very um, vibrant flavor and color in your in your. In it's your almost matcha. a little bit greener. It's a little bit greener. It is, in fact, a little is bit it? greener. Mm -hmm. um, it has a um, a higher uh, L-theanin level, okay, and um, and a lower catechin level. And what are catechins and, for the listeners? Catechins are are. Um, there are four four kinds of catechins, and uh, and and tea, tea tea leaves have all four. Um, other plants have one or two catechins, and there's a lot of research now on catechins in terms of uh, for for health and particularly cancer. Hmm. And you know, it's not saying that it cures cancer, mm -hmm. but uh, there is research on using catechins when people are on chemotherapy hmm. uh, now, and and so that's ongoing. And there's probably going to be Can some it help? very Sort of extract radiation from right, the body. Right, right. It makes you feel better, and and your your side effects are significantly less. Cool. And so. Um, and did you say catechins is higher in the um, summer harvest? Summer harvest. Right. Is that because of longer sun exposure? Well, and, and partially yes, that is. What happens is the plant actually, as the days get longer and warmer through mm -hmm. the summer, and because your your summer harvest is picked later in the summer. Yeah. Um, what happens is that you, the plant actually takes the L-theanin that's in, in its system and mm -hmm. converts it to catechin as the oh. day and sunlight in, increases. So Very less L-theanin, less L-theanin, more catechin. And L-theanin for the listeners, that when I take it, because I've taken it in a in a supplement form too, right. it makes me feel very meditative and like alpha brainwave state, very calm, mm -hmm. zen. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's so, interesting, you know, I, I actually, because of those two factors, I actually switch between the two. Me too. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do a 10 or two of, of, of ceremonial, and then I'll switch over to summer harvest. Cool. And, uh, and I, I, you know, that's just my personal preference, and I kind of like to have the, the higher L-theanin at times, and other times I, you know, I feel, gee, you know, I, I think I'll boost up on my catechin levels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in terms of caffeine content, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but the, the summer harvest has 60 milligrams of caffeine versus the organic, which is 30? Is no. that right? No, no, no yeah, that's, that's not, not right. And, uh, you know, the, the caffeine level is, is, and again, this is a plant. This is not a standardized product, right. you know, like supplements are. So, you know, your, your caffeine level will range anywhere from t uh, 23 to maybe 32 milligrams per gram of mm, caffeine. Mm -hmm. A cup of coffee, just and to compare. Or bo or Both. Either, either way. Okay. Either way, yeah. And, um, cool. and uh, a cup of coffee can go anywhere from 80 milligrams 
to 120 milligrams per gram. I see. And so it's significantly higher. Yeah. And often in a cup of coffee, you're using more than a gram. Right. So that number is a lot higher. You know, if you're yes. using two grams in your cup of coffee, which a lot of people do, mm -hmm. you're talking about 250 grams, milligrams wow. per gram, compared to 23 to 31 milligrams per gram. Significantly different. For somebody who is concerned about caffeine content, would you say that going for, you know, the summer harvest is less caffeine in general on average than the than the uh, organics or similar? Is it kind of just it, 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 similar you know, across the board? It is. Uh, you okay. know, it is. I, I, I'm going to say that, you know, that you can't really look at that and say, okay, I'm going to get a little less caffeine here because it depends on the soil condition, what the summer weather was like that year when we did the pick, I see. all of those things. So longer sun exposure yeah. later in the summer does not affect caffeine no, content. No, okay, good to know. No, no. It's, it's everything else. It's that environment that it's grown in. If it's on mm -hmm. the hillside or it's in a valley, all of those soil conditions, all of those things are going to affect caffeine levels as well, mm -hmm. other than sun. I see. So. Okay, cool. Um, and you said that the, uh, the, the domacha is coming from Kyoto. Is that right? Well, or all of our... other places. Yes, it is. Our grinding facilities are both in Kyoto. We have okay. two. And, um, but the, all of the organic product comes from Kagoshima, which is on oh. the island of Kyushu, the southern island, southern big island oh, okay, of Japan. Cool. And um, the uh, conventional is from the Kyoto area. I see. Yeah. And I was always thinking, like, is it possible to grow these tea leaves in Canada, or is it just not the right conditions? Well, you know what? Some people are. On Vancouver Island, I know that, that they're having some success with tea plants. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, and I, with climate change, it, it, it's not as cold here. Um, so I don't know if there, that's the a long-term. You know, we had a really cold winter. All of a sudden, you might, yeah. they might lose their whole crop. But, right. uh, but there are some folks on Vancouver Island that are growing tea, tea plants right now. Interesting. Yeah. Is that sort of the only factor you need a slightly warmer environment than Canada generally can provide? Right. The, well, the, east of the Rockies, mm -hmm. no. Yeah, definitely not. No, no. No. Yeah, couldn't you couldn't grow it up in Jasper? No, <laughs> <laughs> would not work. No, well, I, I suppose in a greenhouse you might be able to do that. Yeah, you know, but it have to be carefully monitored. Yeah, probably very expensive to try to heat that properly. I and uh, so, I wanted I, to ask you. This is off topic of matcha, but we were speaking the other night about krill products, mm -hmm. and I, I'm listening to all these wellness podcasts, and invariably, they're either sponsored by a krill oil product mm -hmm. company. Or the hosts, like hosts that I look up to, I won't say any names, are like, oh yeah, I take my krill oil every day. And then after hearing that, what you were saying about how it's decimating whale and um, penguin populations, mm -hmm. abysmally decimating them, I was like, oh dear, like I'm going to have to like send some emails to these people because they're like my mentors and they're having <laughs> krill oil. So tell the they audience don't more know. about krill. Yeah, they just don't know, They right? don't know. And, and, you know, one of the, you know, I, I can't remember, probably five or six, seven years ago, I was... I was, um, you know, I, I get a lot of different environmental publications, so I, I read those. And I was looking at uh, krill, and, and, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of, of hype about krill and the fact that the oil was, had a lot of healthy be health benefits for humans as well. And, mm -hmm. and the concern back then was that if we got into the harvesting of krill, that, you know, like so many things we don't manage very well, whether it's our fisheries or our forests or you, when, you look, when you look around, just about everything that we get our hands on, we don't, 
you know, that's that's why we have some of the difficulties we do as, mm -hmm. as on this globe right now. Is we we just don't manage these things well, and you know, the dollar becomes the the the, the driving, the driving force. force and, right. So with krill, you know, their concern was that if we did this, and krill is is as the bottom of the food chain, right? And uh, and everybody, I think probably that is listening will remember from high school or university, you remove the bottom rung of anything, and the whole structure the whole collapses. Thing falls down. And uh, and you know what these guys were projecting has has come to pass. And mm -hmm. at at our company, you know, I, I handle a, a, a you know quite a volume of, of health products. And um, and you know, years ago, I had someone come in here and said, "Look, you know, we've got a krill oil we'd like you to look at." And so I looked at it and I said, "Well, can you show me that you sustainably harvest this in some way?" They couldn't do that. And I said, "So I'm sorry." And I told them why, what mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now. And um, you know, they obviously went to somebody else who then, another distributor in, right. the, in the industry. And, um, and what, what these guys uh, had predict predicted has come to pass, and unfortunately it's come to pass very, very rapidly. Hmm. And, you know, last, this last year in Antarctica, one of the penguin colonies there, where there are 50,000 penguins, they had two chicks. That's, uh, so that's it. All the rest starved. And, uh, and they starved because there's no krill. And uh, and that's where we're harvesting now. And again, they're trying to put some uh, legislation in, but again, it's an international area. There's you know different countries own little pieces of Antarctica, but they have general agreements that it's a global kind of a community down there. Right. So you know, trying to get something like that passed, where they're saying, okay, we're going to have uh, you know an Antarctic reserve in this area. You're not going to be harvesting krill or anything in these areas. It's been very very difficult to get to happen. And is so, it the human consumption of krill that's the driving force yeah, in the decimation? It is. It's not global warming. It's no. It's our harvesting of it. For and these supplements? For supplements, uh, food, coloring agents. Oh, it is. Oh, there's all kinds of everything? other shampoos, you name really? it. Oh, it's all hidden in all this, oh you know, God. lipstick, nail polish, you name it. Why the, would they put krill oil in the nail polish? The color. They want the color. color the color. And, wow. and so, you know, we... Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, we find these amazing, you know, we're, we're so innovative. Mm -hmm. We find these amazing uses for things. But, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we, we just can't seem to manage ourselves make so that sustainable. we can make it sustainable. And, you know, really it's just a matter of saying, okay, here's our quota. We've, we've, we've hit our quota, that's it. We can't mm -hmm. take any more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's same with our fisheries here. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard. How do you, you know, how do you, our salmon, that you know, they'll predict... Fisheries will predict one year in Georgia Strait we're going to have a record return. Mm. The next thing you see is that that what happened to the fish? They didn't come back. And then I'll see two years later where they say we're going to have you know a very low season. No salmon are going to be returning. There's no spring coming in. We have a record return. Mm. They, you know, how do you count mm. the how fish in the ocean? Yeah. yeah. How do, how can you do that? It's very very difficult. And yeah. krill's the same. Again, it, it's a matter of, I think, being uh, just conservative and mm -hmm. logical mm -hmm. and concerned. What can people do if they want to get that omega-3 benefit or the DHA? Is it better to have, like, um, cod liver? Well, you know, cod liver, there are lots of alternatives for, for uh, omega-3. And, you know, uh, some of the companies that have a uh, uh, product on the market these days, they do... You know, cod is in some parts of the world. We didn't, again, didn't do a good job in eastern Canada with our mm -hmm. cod. 
it's slowly coming back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, parts of Norway, uh, you know, they, they ha have got uh, uh, sustainable fisheries going with their cod. And, and, uh, and we sell a brand that um, I have all the data to show that it's sustainably harvested. What's that and brand called? It's called Nordic Naturals. Nordic Naturals. Nordic Naturals. And, and where uh, can people find it? It's in virtually every health food store in Canada. Awesome. Yeah, Amazing. and it's a great brand. And, and, you know, they do. The thing I also like about them, they're... They are working with 12 different universities on research. Sweet. So all independent of them, but they, you know that those universities are doing studies. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's lots of clinical research. Sweet. But these guys do a good job. And, um, and there are a few other uh, fish uh, oil companies, I think, that are, are quality and, and do uh, produce a good product. But, uh, you know, again, what you shop for, and, you know, what we decide we're going to purchase, at the end of the day, it drives all of this. And, you know, and that, you know whether it's krill oil and people stop buying krill because they're saying, hey, can you show me it's sustainable? No, I can't. Well, then, you know, why are you selling it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that puts pressure on those guys that are doing the harvesting and the government to then put proper regulations in. Once those are in place... You know, I'll sell a krill oil, mm -hmm. but they're not. I could have made a lot of money in the last five, six years on mm -hmm. krill oil, and we didn't bring it in. Right. And, um, and you know, I, I've challenged people in our industry to, you know, pay more attention. You know, we can't have personal health if you don't have environmental health. Those right. are tied together at the hip. Yes. You can't separate those two. And, you know, I try and I speak out about that and talk to my industry cohorts and say, guys, come on. If we're not going to do it, who is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is what our industry is. Mm -hmm. Leading by example. Lead by example. And you know mm -hmm. what? People will follow. Yes. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, a long, painful process, <laughs> I have to say. Yes, yes. Uh, what uh, practices do Domach, does Domach as a company have in place to promote sustainability in the harvesting of the matcha, and also you're talking about in, in your office here, like you have recycling and, yeah. and different things. Well, we, we're the only company actually in, in our industry in Canada that has climate smart certification. In the matcha sphere? In, in, in the health field. Really? All, all, all in the health field. And, wow. You know, it's, it's, that's a big group. Nobody else has done it, and I keep challenging them to do it. This year we'll have our B Corp certification, which nice. is another. And sorry, what was the first one again? Uh, Climate Smart. Climate Smart, and just tell the listeners more about that. Climate that is. Smart is basically you. They, uh, it's a um, BC government initiative, mm -hmm. and what they do is they'll come in. They, it's a very very strict program. It takes us months to do it. Every year we have to recertify, and they come in. And they want to see an improvement every year, so they're looking at your total carbon footprint. And so that's everything from your recycling programs, the types of cars that you drive, your employees mm -hmm. drive, what kind of freight you use, mm. um, uh, virtually everything in this place, what you're heating, mm. uh, how, how's the building heated, all of that kind of stuff. And, mm. and so we get a score, mm -hmm. and you get points based on that. And so we were one of the very first companies to sign up for that program when it first came out mm -hmm. from the B.C. government. And um, and we passed, and nice. then every time we've gone, we've done a little bit better on that program. We are 
carbon neutral now, which is really, really That's nice awesome. for us. Yeah, it, it's great. And, you know, our energy here, we also have our what they call bullfrog power. Oh. And bullfrog power, and we do have some people in our industry that have this, this initiative. And that basically is your, you get a, we, we get a credit from a wind farm in Alberta. So our power here is offset because we have a credit for that farm. So we're, our electricity in this building is mm. basically from a wind farm. And that so work? that, yeah, because they apply a credit. BC Hydro will apply a credit to that. And oh. so that then allows us to, be, it's basically, it's like um, uh, a carbon tax. Oh, like, okay. you know, the government's trying to push through right now. Yes. And so, um, but we, we have our bullfrog power uh, certification as well. Wow. And this year we applied for our B Corp certification, which is a, uh, an agency, it's a global agency that, looks at your corporate, social, and environmental uh, stewardship. Mm. And um, it's, again, a point system. Uh, it took, uh, it has taken us, actually, this is our fifth month of trying mm. to get this. And then you reapply every two years. And you need to, it's a 200-point system. Mm -hmm. And they look at everything from your financials, your employee initiatives, what your minimum wages are, what, what are you paying your staff, um, they looked at our whole Climate Smart program, um, what kinds of different initiatives, environmental groups are, are, um, that you sponsor, do you have um, our social initi initiatives here at the company, like we have two uh, uh, African girls that we sponsor, and mm -hmm. we have been for years, and, and uh, every year they, they get to the age of 18, this is called Plan International. So these gals are, are write, write letters to them, and they write letters back to us. But we send money every month that allows them to go to school uh, for clothing. Um, and so, you know, these they, they, when we started, they were 11. I've been doing this 30 years, so it wasn't just a company initiative. So I've yeah. gone through a number of different foster kids through this plan. But we have two at the company now, and, and um, one's in Uganda, one's in Cameroon. Nice. And... Um, so those are all things that are part of B Corp. Mm. And so our first, we, you need to hit 80 points out of 200. And okay. then every year you have to. And we, we actually, on our first try, had 87 points. Awesome. Which was great. So That's we have submitted. Yeah, nice. so we're, we're excited. I, I'm, we're supposed to have some feedback on it in the next kind of three weeks. Yes. And, um, and it's a great initiative because, it again, it... it, it um, it, it gives a reason for people that are looking for choices in terms of companies that they want to buy from. Mm -hmm. That okay, here's proof mm -hmm. that, that this company we're actually through. walking the walk, yeah, and of not just talking, just talking the, talk. the talk. And uh, so yeah, we're we're pretty excited here, and and uh, oh yeah, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks with that. Nice. Yeah, we were talking the other night about sort of the the dumbification of society and how there are certain forces out there that maybe would prefer if the masses were kind of a little bit sick, a little bit sad, and a little mm. bit depressed because <laughs> then, you know, the pharmaceutical industry yeah. can make more money, etc., etc., etc. Without getting into a conspiracy yeah. or focusing on the negative, what good daily practices do you, because you are you look amazing. Like you're, <laughs> Thank you. You look so young. I had no idea how old you are. I forgot how old you told me, but I, but you look amazing. Yeah. So what, you're teaching me legs up the wall, yeah, which is, I've wall. been doing it so helpful. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it's, it's so it, simple and it's it effective. Is. It is effective. 
Well, I, I, you know, I don't know why, but my, you know, my whole life I, I, I have always been active. I, I, you know, I, when I was younger, I played a lot of different uh, competitive sports. Mm. Um, and I, as I've gotten older, I switched out of that, and I, I, I did a lot of running, and then I had a, a knee issue, so then I went to mm. cycling, and so I, I, I still do that, and I lift weights, and I hike, and I mm. swim. So I change it up. Nice. And, uh, How often do you get up in nature to hike? <laughs> well, you know, I, I uh, well, my idea? wife and I, well, my wife and I, we, we actually live off the grid, yes. you know, in a log cabin on an island. That's so, so awesome. we have an unusual lifestyle, and and so you know, we're we're out in nature, you know, all the time, and yes. um, that's been a godsend for me. I've always loved the outdoors, and and uh, and so I've I've always been engaged in that way. And whenever I need to have a break, that's where I go. Nice. I go where it's quiet, and I go where it's green, and um, and it always sort of brings me back to the to the center again. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, I you know that that's probably the, you know those are the things you've got to stay active, mm -hmm. and you have to you know you have to keep your mind busy as well. You've got to right. you've got to like to do certain things. Yes. I've never had a shortage of. I've never been bored in my life, I don't think, ever, yeah. um, either through athletics or exercise or the work that I do or the other initiatives that I, I'm involved with. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's never a shortage of things to do. People yes. say, you know, well, if you retire, what are you going to do? You know, I, I've got so many things I could do. I, it's yeah, hard I, for me to... And I know some that. of my friends that have retired already, and they, they're bored. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. But, you know, I have so many other interests. Yeah, I, I just can't see that that's ever going to be an issue for me. I yeah. feel like, because um, I used to sort of be a little bit depressed and I had sort of anxiety issues in university and, and in high school, and I realized like I was not paying attention at all to what I was eating. Mm -hmm. I was eating a lot of processed foods. Right. And, you know, my father's a physician, and he said that they got really little to no training in nutrition right. in, in medical school for the 13 years that he was there. And, and he's a psychiatrist, and so... It's, it's interesting now more and more people are realizing the you know the connection between the gut and the brain yep. and things like that yep. and so what I'm finding is the more I pay attention to what I'm putting into my body not just food but also like information who I'm mm -hmm. surrounding myself with mm -hmm. I feel like I'm able to have more energy and I'm just not bored yeah. I used to feel bored but now I'm not bored yeah and I really feel like it's like getting your prana or your life force to a certain place, a certain intensity within you, where you're no longer bored. Right. And I feel like you've you've cultivated a life that does that. Like you're in nature, you're following your bliss, you're contributing to society, etc. Well, and you know, you you brought I'm, and I missed one important point, which you brought up is is what you consume. And you know, again, I've always been very careful with that. But you know, sometimes I forget the things that I do because they're just mm -hmm. part of what I do. Right. Uh, I am very careful about what I eat. You know, and mm -hmm. I've been a I've been a vegetarian. I eat some fish mm -hmm. for you know like 25, 30 years now. So a long, wow. long time. I've, I've never had any shortage of energy. You know, and so I you know don't some, like chicken or nope, beef. No, nope, none. Mm -hmm. No, and uh, and you know I I and that's for me uh, that not so much a, a health issue. It's more mm -hmm. of a from an ethical standpoint for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know everybody has their their own feelings about that. But yeah. you know for me that's an important part. And and um, uh, you know I, I 
I've had uh, dogs in my life uh, ever since I was a little guy, so of course I can't imagine. You know, for me, they're 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 just another version of a human, as right. far as I'm concerned. Yes. You know, they they think and feel and and they do everything that I do, and and so uh, you know, mm -hmm. I can't imagine uh, having them for dinner. So uh, right. Uh, so I, that's just the way that it is for me, and, and um, but I'm very careful about, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, a lot of what I eat is green. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I do think that that's one of the best things you can do. And obviously the fruit, if I have fruit, it's usually organic, almost always organic. Nice. And so, um, yeah, it, it, uh, a lot of, lot of green food that not krill, but like things like spirulina. And, I love spirulina. Uh, yeah, spirulina is great. Can and, I ask uh, a question about fruit? Mm -hmm. I heard, I don't know if this is true, but like you're supposed to have fruit before a meal, otherwise it'll ferment in your gut. Is that an old wives' tale? Or? Uh, no, and you know, most people, that, and again, even, even the sugars in, in fruit, a lot of people worry about, you know, the, the, the amount of sugar that's in fruit. And you know, one of the things that I do to kind of offset that, like I'll, I'll have something like a, uh, a gluten-free, uh, peanut butter and banana sandwich, mm -hmm. right. but I, I will put uh, the the bread, then I'll put some coconut oil, mm. and then I'll put the organic peanut butter, and then an organic banana. Nice. And um, the thing about that is you you are getting quite a few carbs in there, but yeah. you're getting fat and protein. Right. And when your food combinations are key to to your blood sugar and spiking, and and so most people aren't aware of that. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, really like your fruit. Combine it with something like a, a fat item, like a, yeah. a coconut uh, or a peanut butter, and then you don't get your spike. Hmm? Or ghee. Ah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That'll work. And so yeah. that keeps your blood level sugars down. Cool. Uh, if you just have a banana, you get quite a hit in your, your blood sugar level. Right. But if you combine it with any of those things I talk about, then it, it doesn't happen. It'll balance it it out. just balances itself Interesting. out. Yeah, it, it, it's an important uh, uh, thing. Again, no, it, that it's not talked about very much. Right. You don't see it around, and, and certainly none of my doctors know anything about that. That's the thing. And I feel like more and more of them are, are learning yeah. and open to learning. And it's interesting. I took my dad to a, um, a meditation and yoga training session, and uh, he was able to get Canadian Medical Association continuing education credits for attending. Mm. So I feel like there are changes happening, right. whether it's in the nutritional field or in the yoga field, and there's a sort of a... Um, a harmony of all these different wellness modalities beginning to happen. It's really right. exciting to right. see that. It is. It's, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is. And I, and I think there's a, no denying it. There, there's just, just by watching people, uh, you know, I had an interesting conversation with my medical doctor. Mm. I went in for a, a physical, and I think I was 60 at the time. And he does his physical and everything. I go back and get my results. And he says, you know, John, the system should pay you. And I said, well, you know, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? He says, well, you know, you're, the, you're a classic example of you don't cost the system anything. Mm. And you pay into it. Right. It should actually pay you because you're being proactive about your health. Mm -hmm. Whereas people that aren't proactive and that come in here and it costs the system a fortune because mm -hmm. they can't be bothered, they want a pill in mm -hmm. order to think. I was actually astonished I had this conversation with him. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, we really should be paying you because you're being healthy. Yeah. You should be rewarded. And the people that, that aren't doing that and are costing the system should be paying. Yes. 
Yes. Very interesting shift yeah, um, interesting. from a medical doctor. I, I was really quite surprised at, at, at that discussion, and uh, so that was that was nice. That's really nice, nice conversation. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. What role does uh, meditation play in your life? Well, you know, that's probably one place I'm I'm bad. I I've been through periods in my life where I'm meditating daily, sometimes mm -hmm. twice a day. Mm -hmm. And what then, style? Um, any style that like I mantra or yeah, ma with a mantra. Cool. Yeah. Sort of like a, a TM. Yeah, a TM, and I and I went through TM, so okay. I I received a, a mantra. Wait, cool. this was hate to say, maybe four decades ago. Wow. And um, so I've used that all the way through. Um, but I, you know, for me also, like on on uh, the island where where we live, I I'll sometimes just go out and I sit quietly. Nice. Just and being I just, in nature. Just being in nature. I just sit down, cross my legs, and I'll sit there for an hour. Awesome. And uh, sometimes my eyes are open, sometimes they're closed. But, you know, you just you come into a different a different state. And so Even I, just like I find sipping a cup of domacha really yeah. slowly yeah. is like a meditation yeah. too. Yeah. It, you know, you just, it just takes your mind away from everything that you're involved with during the day and that work environment and... Uh, and for me, that's the important part. Mm -hmm. And um, and I also have all through my life, from when I was in my late teens, right up until uh, now, um, I've gone through periods where I've done every type of yoga, from power yoga to hot yoga to ashtanga. You name it, I've done mm -hmm. it. Uh, working with, I think I told you, Karen Zibroff's book. Yes. Way way back yes. before yoga was yoga. Yes, my and, dad. And uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. pink book from Karen. Yeah. And I would just flip through, and at that time I was in athletics playing for uh, basketball at Simon Fraser University, so I wanted to stay limber. And uh, I would just take that book and I, I would go through it and pick certain yoga moves that I did, and I would do maybe ten, mm -hmm. three times. Mm. And, um, and I did that every day. That's awesome. For years. Awesome. Still have that crazy book. Do you still have it? I still have that crazy I book. I bet my dad has it on his bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does too. Check it out. Yeah, it's not it's one a, you throw away. No, it's no. a classic. I don't even know if she's alive anymore. And, yeah, uh, I wonder. Uh, was she Canadian? I don't even know. No, was, originally she was from Poland, I think. Oh, really? Uh, or Russia. Right. And, um, but had, was living here in Vancouver. Oh, that's yeah. the connection. Yeah. Okay, Yeah, cool. and she had a studio. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. I feel like in our society, because there's so much coffee consumption and this whole idea that the more you do, the more you're worth, mm -hmm. it's kind of this sort of Kali Yuga relic that's still kind of holding on a little bit. Where, I mean, we're, in Kundalini, we talk about the Piscean Age, um, which was all about the more you do, the more you're worth. It was all about, you know, suppression of minorities, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And now, about 2011 and onwards, we're in the age of Aquarius, mm. which is more about a sharing of knowledge and more about the better you feel, the more you're in your dharma, your life purpose, and the more you're just wanting to recycle and wanting mm -hmm. to stand for environmentalism. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you were ahead of the curve because you were doing all that in the Piscean age, mm -hmm. and you, you probably met some resist. Obviously, you met some mm -hmm. resistance. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, how did you stay in a empowered, you know, balanced state while you were being met with Piscean energy? That's my first question. Well, you know, when when I was first doing all of this, 
and nobody knew. Nobody knew. No, that what I what I was doing. I didn't talk oh. about it. I just did it. And I think that's the difference. You talk about yoga, yeah. I, uh, recyc recycling, um, um, having foster kids, um, mm -hmm. all those things, supporting the David Suzuki Foundation. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I just did those things. I, I mm -hmm. didn't advertise that, right. and um, I think that uh, that was just uh, a part of uh, what I believed in, and so I, I went ahead and, and just did it. And, and that that gives you a certain amount of calm and sense of purpose. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, uh, you know, these things have become more in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, it, it's, and I'm, I'm certainly more outspoken about that. I'm not as fearful. And, you know, mm -hmm. at that time, you know, you, you were really a fringe person. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now I, I think there's a much larger conscious group of people that, that and you know, you just look out the window. Look at the summer. You know, half of BC burned down t this year, and mm -hmm. three years ago, the other half burned down. And you know, I don't see that pattern changing. And I and I think people are finally starting to realize, you know, gee, uh, you know, we, we got to make some changes here. Yeah. And um, and so, uh, I'm much more with, and certainly with my staff. Um, you know, I, I they don't have to do anything that we do here. Yeah. But I do say that, look, I, you know, while you're here I, I, at this company, I'd like you to buy into what we do. That means, you know, you recycle the stuff, put it in the proper bin, and, mm -hmm. and you go home, and if you're not going to do that, that's your own business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I found over the, the, the years is that um, just because they get into that pattern, they, they, they start to recognize there is value. And there is purpose and there's a meaning. A lot of them have children now or they're, mm. they're starting families. So they realize, you know, they look out the window and they see that, you know, Vancouver was in smoke for weeks. Mm. This is not something they want their kids to have to, right. to deal with. And so, you know, they, they start to, to make those changes. And, you know, the fact is they, they probably didn't know what to do until they worked here. Right. And so now they have some ideas on some things that they can do, and they take those home and they do whatever they do with them, or they take part of them and do them, and, and other things they don't. Um, you know, they know, you know with our, our B Corp certification, it, it involved every single person at this company. Hmm. Uh, and it, it dwelled into all the things that they do, even at their home, what they drive and what they eat, everything. Um, so they're part of it. Cool. And when we actually get our certification, the, the whole company is involved with that nice. that um, uh, certification process. So that you know, mm -hmm. I basically you know everybody comes out of there. We're not working for a few hours here. Everybody's involved with that, mm -hmm. and it's a celebration for the company. And then they get a real understanding of what it is we're doing and why we're doing it. All of that's gone over, and you know, we have somebody from B Corp come in here, and and they're the ones that that's not me. Uh, doing mm -hmm. the talking, I think it's it's better when it's someone from the outside. Yeah, and uh, and you know, so we're all getting the same message, and and um, and and it doesn't matter what company you're in or or what industry you're in. You you get a certain percentage of buy-in, a hundred percent buy-in from some staff members. There's no question. I have hundred percent buy-in. Other people is fifty percent buy-in, and mm -hmm. some of them are sitting on the fence. Right. That's okay. That's pretty good. That's and pretty you know, yeah, yeah. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So. So these these changes, and then you're talking about the forest fires. How does that relate to the forest fires? Is it an energetic thing, or? Well, I, I think you know. Again, people are are realize that you know, 
when when I when I went to school and I I, uh, I, I went to the university eleven years and uh, and I went to BCIT as well and mm -hmm. I took a forestry program there but the conservation side of forestry so I wasn't I was the tree hugger side not the the logging side <laughs> and. Um, so, you know, in that program, interesting, you know, we were, and this was uh, in the mid-70s. Wow. And we were 40 years behind on our reforestation here in British Columbia. 40 years behind. Behind the rest of the nation? or uh, 40 years behind. Just behind. Just behind. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and now we're 30. Okay. It, it hasn't changed much. No. And we've had all this time, you know, that 40 years ago and uh, 50 years ago. And... Um, and you know that's part of the that's part of what I try to get across to these guys and and say you know if you don't if you you know you're you when you're voting or you're you're looking at your MLA or the prime minister you know you write a letter phone the office mm -hmm. get active mm -hmm. ask questions don't just accept stuff mm -hmm. and um, because you know when you look around it doesn't matter if you go back to the time of the Rosian, uh, Romans or the Persians. It all change, it never happened at government level first. Right. It always happens at grassroots. Yeah. The last people to come on board, it, you can go back and look at almost every change in history, major change, the last people to come on board are your politicians and the government. Right. But they will come because you know what? There, there's nobody left, just them. Right. But you know, so you you do need to let people know what you believe in and what you stand for. I think it's very very important, and and not be intimidated. Okay. And uh, and I think with the, the age of communication and what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. and being able to when when I'm when I was you know your age, none of this existed. There weren't any cell right. phones, um, you know. So everything was uh, snail pace. Yeah. So now the information can, can get out there quickly. You can really generate a lot of, of, of uh, muscle behind a particular ish, initiative. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that's what's changing. And that's what is allowing us to um, really move, move society in a different direction, in a more sustainable direction. And, that's awesome. And, yeah. And there's way more information to share. It's a beautiful time to live in. It is. What, what needs to be done to prevent these forest fires? Well, you know that that's not you know we're changing the climate. You know, right. BC's drier, and you know this is a rainforest. Mm -hmm. We live in a rain. It's supposed to be raining. It's supposed to be raining. It's yeah. supposed to be raining, and um, so it's global warming. Well, it's climate change. Climate you know, change and and you know some places in the in in the you know one of the things that is is they predicted and it is happening is that you know the Atlantic. Um, uh, current is it flows from south to north and it goes up the coast of the US mm -hmm. Canada over by Greenland and then down the European side mm -hmm. that that current is what regulates the temperature on the east coast of the US and mm -hmm. all of Europe mm -hmm. and uh, and that's why Europe because it's fairly high it's it's in a northern latitude it's mm -hmm. not that cold in the wintertime you mind you know Europe can be minus 30 at times and but it has nice mild summers and that mm -hmm. kind of thing well as this is slowing, what's happening is that they they expect that their their the winters in Europe are going to be much colder, mm. and the summers are much hotter. Mm -hmm. and it's already started, and their concern is that when that stops, because what they're predicting now is that that current will not go from south to north, mm. and go from uh, west to east. 
it's oh. going to go the other way oh. because the water is actually heating up. And so then it's going to flow from north to south on the European side, come right. across to Greenland and down the coast of North, Amer um, North America. And then they're expecting that um, Europe is going to freeze solid. Wow. Well, that's crazy. It is crazy. And you know, that, is, that happens, and it's already happening. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have some serious issues, and the whole mid middle part of the United States is expected to be um, a desert. Mm -hmm. That's the world's breadbasket right now. Right. Most of the food that we grow, that it's exported, it's a huge part, and, and it will all be desert. And this is climate change, and, and this... This, this is because is of basically uh, CO2. Well, CO2. CO2. You know, it's CO2 and methane. And, you know, methane is the... And cars. Cars from, and yeah. ships and mm -hmm. industry. But, you know, methane was one of the... You know, they, these things are... They're called uh, carbon loops. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, when we have these models, you know, and, and the models that the scientists have, have run, and, you know, again, this is all my personal view, but it's also stuff that I see that's coming out. Uh, you know, these models have all been wrong mm. because they've all been too slow. Where These things are all happening much faster than any of the models that, that have been put forth. Mm. And that's the scary part. Is when, and the reason is that they're saying now is that the loops, they miss certain loops. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for example, you know, the methane from, we have more and more cows on the planet. Because right. not, and we're reducing our meat consumption in North America, but Asia Africa, their, their meat consumption is going through the roof. Really? So again, most of the forest uh, that is being cut in um, South America is for cattle mm. or for soybeans to feed the cattle. And, um, and you know, that's, our, that's Amazon. Mm. And so uh, that, that carbon loop is a methane loop because mm. they burp up meth methane. So the more and more right. cows than you have on the earth, the more methane you have. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, you know, these loops are what what are driving this climate change now. Right. And as they find a new loop, it accelerates that. And they say, "Oh my God, here's another loop we didn't think about." And you know, Iceland, uh, Greenland. And I, you know, I won't go on about this because there's so many interesting things about it. But yeah. you know, they, everybody knows it's been in the press a lot that the uh, ice mass on Greenland is melting. And they, they said, okay, it's melting at this rate. And then they realized, okay, well, there's these massive lakes on top of the ice fields in Greenland, but they're disappearing. They're going down a hole through the glacier. And they're saying, okay, what's happening to that water? Then they realized that the, the water from the top was going through the glacier, lubricating the rocks, mm. making the ice move faster. So there was a loop that they missed. Oh. So the ice is actually going into the ocean, and melting faster than the, any of their models showed. So when they add that loop in, it, it's just everywhere. And so it's a bit frightening, actually. If you, if you look, you know, if you really look at this, it's a bit frightening. But if we get people to pay attention to what they buy, how much they buy, mm -hmm. you know, that's a huge thing. You, 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 the power is in your purchases and what you know. Right. And... Um, the more people pay attention, the more they're going to know, and the more they're going to realize, you know, do I, do I want to buy, you know, this product that's got three different wrappers on it, and do I need all that wrapping on it, or can I buy this product 
And, you know, it's the same thing. It's not wrapped in the same way. It's not right. presented in the same way, but it's just as good. Right. You know, and, and people are starting to make those distinctions, and I think the that that's... changes yeah, add up. Yeah, they do. All those things add up. and So you don't and, think the world is necessarily doomed? No, but, you know, there there <laughs> we're... We're we're not making enough progress right now to really see this change, and and I you know I'm hoping that we get more and more people on side, and 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 we have a few leaders that have courage and right. stand up to the bottom line on a lot of the corporate initiatives, because really this is it's all about money, it's all about power, and it's all about greed, and um, and we need politicians that say enough, you know I have a young family. You know, we need to make the right decisions here for Canadians and for the global community. And, you know, there's a few here and there that are starting to speak up. So, yeah. you know, the hope is that more and more do. That's awesome. Okay, my last question. Mm -hmm. How do you stay in a parasympathetic state throughout the day so that you can be, you know, tuned in, tapped in, turned on to universal wisdom and serve to your fullest? Well, to be honest, I'm not. <laughs> All the time, yeah, you, you can't. Is, you yeah. can't be. And uh, um, but, I I do try to make sure that um, I get out of my office. Uh, I, I'm a bit different this way. You know, I, I if I wait too long in the day, I, I start to run out of energy. Mm -hmm. So I will usually try to go to the gym, or go for a ride, in the middle of the day, like nice. around twelve thirty or one. A reboot. A, a reboot. And then I, you know, I, I, I work hard in the morning. I get in early. So I, I put what in five hours. I'm usually here at 6.30. Wow, good for you. Yeah, very early. And, and, I'm, and so I, I get those four or five hours in. I'm very productive then because I don't have all my staff here. And then I take a break. And I usually go for an hour and a half. And then I come back. And I'm here for the afternoon. And I think, you know, that, that program. My alarm just went off because I've been reading a book by this uh, mentor named Will Wilkinson. Yeah. And at, at 12 noon, people all around the world are doing this thing where you stop and you just say, I'm creating, you know, I, I commit to create the future on this planet with love. And so he recommends just taking a pause and just thinking of all the people who are working towards positive change on the planet, taking a deep breath. So maybe we can do it right now and just... Connecting to all the the positive uh, forward momentum of you know sustainability, uh, equality, mindfulness. Yeah. And you know you're right. You know there there. You know, I have to say that you know there are more and more people that are aware, mm -hmm. and they are making changes, mm -hmm. and they are trying to uh, move things forward in a positive way. So you know that that's my that's my hope that that continues mm -hmm. to grow. Yeah. I do think that that is. I, I don't think there's any question that that's going to continue to grow. Yeah. You know, my my what I I would like to see is that that moves even faster than it is yes. because these changes are happening so quickly outside yeah and uh, so we need to move quickly now right. and um, uh, and you know it's all possible anything's possible yeah. it, we're we're an amazing species in our own right mm -hmm. in that we can affect huge positive changes mm -hmm. just as much as we can affect negative ones right so why not switch gears here yeah. and go from a lot of negative 
-hmm. energy to positive energy because we can do it literally by just fl flicking the switch. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, that, that's my hope. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, John. I appreciate well, it. And thanks for coming in. Oh, I enjoyed my, this. My pleasure. Yay. <laughs> um, where can people um, learn more about Domacha? Well, we have a great website, a lot of good information. It's uh, www.domacha.com. Awesome. Perfect. And, um, and you know, uh, uh, and you know that if you go on Google Matcha, there's just tons and tons of good information out there now. Awesome. So, you know, and you guys have a strong uh, social media presence. We Domacha. Do. Um, is it just Domacha on Instagram? I think that's what yeah. it is, yeah. the handle. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And um, what else was I going to ask you? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I'll, I'll include all the information uh, in the show notes so okay. people can just click and go to Domacha. Oh, last question. Yeah. Where can they buy it? It seems <laughs> to be available almost everywhere, in it, Vancouver at least. It, in, well, in the, in the health food sector. We nice. don't sell into the mass market with this brand. Okay. So we're only in health food stores. And so you can Senior find us in Fair. virtually. Yep. Places yep. like that. Yeah, so Urban Fair, Whole, Whole Foods, Foods Choices. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but not like Safeway or places no, like no, that. No, no Safeway, yet. no Costco, <laughs> no uh, Superstore, none of that. No, right. No. Okay. So. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Namaste. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>